The woman lay on the tile floor, her limbs frozen in awkward positions since her body had been flipped. Her kimono fell back, revealing a pendulous breast. Sam averted his eyes, and Lou drew the gown together at the neckline. Sorry, Lou said. Are you saying that to me or her? She shrugged, but pain etched her face. Lou wasn't as hard-boiled as she pretended to be. Both of you, I guess, she said. Sam took a second look at the dead woman, then stared at her face. Memories pricked at him, urging him to remember. The long braid, the square jaw, the arched eyebrows, the pouty lips. God damn it, he knew this woman. Or he had known her years ago, decades ago. Something about the curve of her cheek niggled at his memory banks, pushing him back, back in time. He reached back, digging into his past. Why did she look so familiar? He scanned her body again, this time taking in the chunky topaz ring on her right hand. With a start, he moved closer and studied it. Good God! He recognized the amber topaz, remembered it flashing over his body as the woman had purred atop him and stroked him into oblivion. It had been a sexual nirvana, the hottest night of his young life. Spring break, senior year of medical school, Miami. The weather had hung heavy with humidity, making breathing difficult and movement an instant sweat bath. His friends had met up with three willing co-eds and pushed him into the arms of this girl the night they arrived. While his friends bawled their brains out in their respective rooms, eliciting shrieks and ungodly screams from their nubile partners, Sam tried to get to know his date. They'd talked about politics, music, organic foods, and books. She'd been interested in the occult and chatted animatedly about her Ouija board. He especially remembered her crystal green eyes. I was a nerd, so scared, so inexperienced, especially for my age. He glanced at the body, so completely different from his memories, the crow's feet that flanked her eyes, the large pores on her cheeks and nose, the ragged split in her bottom lip, the sagging pouch of skin under her chin. His eyes took in the rest. Knobby knuckles, indicative of arthritis. Her eyes hadn't been closed. Sam wondered when they actually closed them for murder victims. Did they plant panties on her lids? Was it after the legions of photos had blinded her already dead orbs? After ten men had crawled around her poor body and detailed every beautiful and ugly detail? After the whole official police and ambulance roster had drifted past the door? staring at the poor woman whose privacy, complete and quiet only hours ago, now had been violated like a frog's dissection in Biology 101. Sam sighed. The poor woman had wanted only to paint her fingernails pink. Those eyes would never see sunlight again, flat and dulled, even in the fluorescent light of the bathroom. They looked olive green, not pretty emerald, like they had so many eons ago. 
Breaking back through memories, Sam recalled the episode. The previous six years he'd focused only on school, hadn't had time for girls, and still ached over the loss of his little brother. There had been no women in his life, only the ones who invaded his dreams and occasionally followed him into his mind in the shower stall. They'd been easy to appease, easy to dispatch, and easy to forget. The relationship, if you could call self-satisfaction such a thing, was perfect for him. It wasn't that he didn't like real, live, hot-breathed girls who oozed sexuality, and whose curves jostled him in the crowded hallways of the university. He liked them plenty. But he'd never quite recovered from the guilt he harbored after his brother's disappearance. He'd frozen into a social recluse, a boring study hog who bent over textbooks instead of pretty co-eds.